Luke chapter 10 is where we're going today. Luke chapter 10. Might be a familiar passage to many of you, but the Lord has some good lessons for us to learn even in familiar passages. Luke chapter 10, we're going to read verses 38 through 42, the end of the chapter. As I was praying and seeking God about what to preach today, you can ask my wife, I was kind of in turmoil. I went through several different messages through the week, and even yesterday wasn't sure. God just kind of gave me, gave me a piece about this passage. It's not a great theological truth. It's a simple biblical principle for Christian living, and I think you know, we need those things as much as anything else in Scripture. But I want you to think as Christians the responsibilities we have, not just to God, but in our lives. We have work responsibilities, home responsibilities, even responsibilities at church and ministry. Uh, You may have responsibilities elsewhere in different organizations or groups that you're a part of. And I'm not saying any of those things are bad. Those are good to fulfill our responsibilities, to be busy in our families, in our communities, in our churches. Those are good things when we're ministering and working with people. But sometimes what is good can get in the way of what is better or best. And we fill our lives with good activities, and we miss God's best for us in doing so. We can allow our lives to be dominated by good things, but never take time for the thing that is better. In fact, in this passage, we'll see it's not just a better thing, it's that one needful thing that Jesus said. And so we're going to read this account of Mary and Martha, these two sisters who loved Jesus, and their different responses or their different actions to being in the presence of the Lord. So we'll start at verse 38, and it says, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, this is talking about Jesus, And a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about with much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me alone to serve? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Let's take a minute and pray, and then we'll look at our message. Father, again, just thank you for your word, and we thank you for uh, these reminders of simple principles and examples that you've given us in Scripture. And so, Lord, I pray that you would teach us through this passage today. I pray that your Spirit would open our hearts and help us to see what is important. Help us to grasp the truth that you want us to understand, even these simple things that are so easy to overlook. And so, Lord, do your work in us and teach us now. I pray that you would fill me with your Spirit and give me the words to speak. May we hear from you and understand your truth today as it's proclaimed and give you the glory in all things. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Here we have two different responses to being in the presence of Jesus. We have Martha and we have Mary, two sisters. 
And it's a good illustration of this principle of being distracted by good. And I think it's very common in the lives of Christians to fill our lives with good and be distracted from the thing that is most important. So what we see here is, first of all, Martha. Martha invites Jesus to her house, and because she invited him, we can assume maybe that she's the oldest, that the house belongs to her. She's the one that's kind of in charge here, and she takes on the work of being the hostess, showing hospitality, which is not a bad thing. I mean, the Bible tells us as believers that we're supposed to be given to hospitality, and she's a great example of that here. And she wants Jesus to come to her home to spend time with her. But as he comes, she spends time serving. Now, again, we can't say that service in literally serving Jesus is a bad thing. The Bible tells us that we are his servants. We're supposed to be servants of the Lord. We're supposed to serve him with our lives. That's important. And she's doing not just service to Jesus, but she's actually serving other people. And it says she's involved with much serving. So she's very busy taking care of everybody that's there. Now, I'm assuming it probably wasn't just Mary and Martha and Jesus. Lazarus was her brother. He was probably there, too. There may have been others. Many times when they had a gathering like this, especially when Jesus was invited, his disciples came along. Others who followed Jesus were invited in. And so there could have been you know, 15 or 20 people there. We don't know. We know there were at least four, Mary, Martha, Lazarus, and Jesus, and in Martha's home. And so she's taking care of all of these people. In fact, I call a person like this a Martha, and I'm going to share a secret about my wife now, and I hope she's not uh, embarrassed, but her middle name is actually Martha. Okay, she's named after her mother. And as long as I've known her, She fit this model of being a Martha. I tell her that all the time. You know, you're being a Martha again, and she's always busy serving. She wants to be a good hostess. She wants to make sure everybody has what they need. She wants to get the food just right and have the presentation just right and have the house just right. And so I call her a Martha all the time. I don't know if she likes that or not, but um, that's her. And so I've kind of used this name to describe people who love to serve and are hospitable. And again, that's a good thing because we're called to that as Christians. We should be involved in that. And, you know, I'm sure there's many others of you that are the same way. We, we experience that, actually, as a church. When we have church dinners and fellowships, we have lots of people who chip in to prepare food, to get the fellowship hall ready, to set the tables, to get everything together, and then to clean up afterwards. So we appreciate that, and that's great. We should be serving one another. So Martha here is a good example for us as far as the hospitality is concerned. It's service, which we should be engaged in as believers. And we can look at Martha and say, well, she should be considered a faithful servant here. And she should be. So we're not putting any negative connotations on the service part of this. Because we're called to that. But in this passage... God wants us to see something. The way he did that John, or I'm sorry, Luke describes her service, it says, Martha is cumbered about with much serving. Now that word cumbered literally in the Greek means to have a heavy weight attached to you or to drag something around. Think of a ball and chain that you're dragging with you. 
That's distracting. And that's literally the interpretation, distracted. And so it says Mary is distracted with much serving. Well, if it's a good thing, what is it distracting her from? That's the big question. She has this weight of service, this verse tells us, that's keeping her from something that's better. Now, I want you to think about your daily routine of life, okay? And think about the activities that you go through each day, going to work, doing things at home, helping other people, the good things. Now, picture yourself doing those things with weights around your legs and on your arms and how much focus that would keep you from actually looking at what you're doing and thinking about why you're doing it because you're always thinking about these weights. Oh, if they only weren't there. If, if I could be free from this, I'd be able to do better. And that's the way that Martha's service is destru- described here. The, the service itself is described as those weights that she's dragging around. She's cumbered, distracted, weighted down with much service. Not a bad thing. Service is a good thing, but here it distracts her. And so the Bible says in verse 40, she's distracted by, such, by, by much serving. Now think again, who she's serving. I mean, who better to be serving than Jesus Christ himself? They should be serving Jesus, right? Isn't that what we're supposed to do as Christians? If Jesus came to your house, wouldn't you want everything to be perfect? Wouldn't you want to be busy making sure that he's comfortable, that he has everything he needs, that he's got the best seat, that he's got the best food, he has enough to drink? You'd be busy serving the Lord. I mean, that's how we should serve each other. But if it was Jesus, that's how you would approach it, I think. Because he's important. And that's the way Martha approached it. This is important, an important person, not just an important person, but the Messiah, the Son of God. And so she's doing everything she can to serve the Lord and then to serve others. Last night, we talked about two principles that, God, that Jesus gave when he was asked, which is the greatest commandment? And he said, there's two. Number one, love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And number two, love others. And so Jesus taught that we are supposed to love others. And he said, don't just do this in word, do it in deed. And he was the example of that in serving people. And so now Martha's trying to exemplify that as she has Jesus as a guest. But she's so focused on her serving, on her work, not just for Jesus, but for others. The Bible says she's distracted. And when Jesus talks to her in verse 41, look at his words for her. He says, Martha, Martha, Thou art careful or anxious and troubled about many things. Now, you would be concerned, I think, about making sure Jesus had what he needed, about making sure the food was right, making sure everything was just perfect, making sure the people that were there, your visitors, your guests, were comfortable and were fed. Okay, you should be. That's caring for one another. We're supposed to love one another that way. But Jesus tells her, You're worried. You're anxious about this. You're distracted by your care for other people. It's an interesting phrase that he picks to use there because isn't that what he told us to do? To be busy caring for other people? I mean, that that would be the model of a Christian life. 
And Jesus says, these are good things, but it distracts you from something that's better. You're anxious and worried about things that don't matter as much as something else. Now, if you look at the passage, his response is in, or his response comes in response to a complaint that she makes in verse 40. It says, she's cumbered about with much serving, and she came to Jesus and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Here's the problem with her service. Her service looked good on the outside. It was good in and of itself, but her attitude was wrong. Okay? Her attitude may have started out as, I want to serve the Lord. I want to do these good things and serve other people and serve the Lord at the same time in response to Jesus' teaching. I want to show that I love these people and I love the Lord. But now she focuses on what other people are not doing. Mary isn't doing anything. I'm the one doing all the work. I'm the one serving you, Lord. I'm the one that's busy doing all these things that you told us to do. Tell her to help me. And then Jesus says, Martha, you're distracted. Martha, you're anxious. You're worried about all this stuff that's not that important. And you're missing the thing that is is important. Look at what Jesus said about Mary's choice, because now we transition to Mary. And Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus in verse 39. She had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. So picture the scenario here. Okay, Jesus comes in. Lazarus may have been there. There may have been others there. But we know Martha and Mary and Jesus were there. And so Martha is busy doing all the work, getting the food ready, getting everything on the table. And Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet. He's in a chair, and she's just sitting there listening to him, talking with him. And Martha gets upset because she's doing all the work. Mary's not doing anything. Now, this posture that Mary has is actually the ancient posture. It's very common in biblical days. When a teacher or a rabbi would teach, they would stand at a podium sometimes like this, or they would sit in a chair. But then his disciples or his students would sit down on the floor. And it was a sign of not only the respect for his authority, but they they were ready to receive whatever he had to give them. And so that's the posture that Mary's in as a disciple of Jesus. She's sitting at his feet, ready to receive what Jesus wants to teach. And that's what the verse says. She sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Now, I don't know about you, but again, I'm not going to criticize my wife, but when she gets busy, we, we, in our house we call it business mode, okay? She's busy, she's getting things done, and she's doing good work, and sometimes we, we talk, I try to talk to her, and, you know, she just like walks right by me, and then I got to stop her, and hey, I, you know, I got to qu- ask you a question. And so think about Martha in that business mode. How much of what Jesus was saying did she really pay attention to? Probably not much at all, because she's busy doing good things. Mary sitting there, focused, listening to what Jesus has to say. She is in the posture of a true disciple. Even though she's not serving at this point, this is the posture of a true disciple. We'll call her disciplined because she deciphered what was most important 
when you're in the presence of Jesus, what is most important? Now, yes, it's important to serve him, but is that the most important thing? And Jesus says, Mary hath chosen, in verse 42, Mary hath chosen that good part or that good portion which shall not be taken away from her. The literal meaning is Mary has chosen the better thing. And he calls it the one needful thing at the beginning of verse 42. One needful thing to sit at the feet of Jesus and to hear him. That's more important than serving? That's what Jesus said. It's more important to sit at his feet as his disciple and be taught and learn and listen than it is to be busy doing good things. In Matthew chapter 6, in the Beatitudes, Jesus said, Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. If you go back in Matthew chapter, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 5, in Matthew, if you go back and read that passage and look at what we call the Beatitudes, the blessed are those passages, there's not in that list one that says, blessed are those that serve and are busy doing the work of God. Jesus never said that. He did say, blessed are those that are hunger and thirst after righteousness, that want to learn at the feet of Jesus Christ. Those people are blessed. Mary is a perfect example of that. If you go through Jesus' teaching in Scripture, he does give us some commands. These are the things that you should do. But most of his teaching focuses on principles, building the character understanding in our minds the truth of God, the things that will make us respond to God correctly and respond to others correctly. And that's what Mary chose. She chose to sit at the feet of Jesus and learn and grow. She chose to grow in understanding and truth, while Martha chose just to be busy serving, but in the process of serving, she neglected her own spiritual growth what Jesus called the one needful thing. So Mary here chose the most important thing, the good part. And Jesus said that's not going to be taken away from her. So the Mary, I'm sorry, the good part that Mary chose was just simple devotion to Jesus, attention, giving to him, and then loving him by listening Did you ever think about that? Do we love God by listening, by learning, by growing in our own personal life and our relationship with him? Jesus says that's the most important thing. The serving is important, but it's not as important as sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening and growing in that relationship. Now, just from this, who do you think had a closer relationship with the Lord, Mary or Martha? Probably Mary. And yet Mary's criticized because she's not busy. She's not active serving. But who did Jesus say did the best thing? Mary. So from the examples of Mary and Martha, what can we learn? Here's the question for us. What's distracting us from what Jesus calls the one needful thing? What are the good things that we're filling our lives with that keep us from what Jesus calls the better thing, the one needful thing? And it's easy 
especially as you have family, to fill your life with taking care of family and family responsibilities. Or if you're busy at work, you have work responsibilities that you have to take care of faithfully. As a pastor or in ministry, all of us have ministry obligations to others biblically that we have to fulfill. Those are all good things. They're commanded in Scripture. We're supposed to be faithful in little, Jesus says. All of those little responsibilities of life. But are those responsibilities that are good keeping us from that one needful thing of just sitting at the feet of Jesus and growing in our relationship with him? How much time do we take to just get to know the Lord better, to listen and learn and grow? Jesus warned here against allowing such things to take precedence over our lives in in distracting us from spiritual growth and from learning about him more and growing in our relationship. Family is important, but family should not be more important than a sitting at Jesus' feet, than in growing in our relationship with him. That relationship with our Savior is more important even than our relationship with our wives or our husbands even more important than our relationship with our children. Because if our relationship with God is not right, our relationship with others is not going to be right, no matter what we do and no matter how much time we spend on it. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ that matters most, and that's why Jesus says this is the most important, the one needful thing. When I do marriage counseling, I use this illustration a lot. I say the groom and the bride... It's like an Oreo cookie. They're the kooks on either end, okay, or the cookies. But God is the cream in the middle that holds it all together. It's a three-way relationship. It's not a two-way relationship. And if each of their relationships is not right with God so that he is the most important in the middle and center of their lives, that relationship between them is not going to be right either. And so it works for us the same way. God has to be the most important relationship, the one we work on the most. And it's not in activity that we grow in that relationship with the Lord. It's in sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening and learning. That time we spend with him. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus tells the parable of the great banquet And he says, many people are invited to a great banquet by a master. And then when the banquet was ready, he sent his servants out to bid those who were invited to come to the feast. But there were a whole bunch of people who couldn't come. In fact, all the people that he invited wouldn't come. They had other responsibilities. And he lists one had land that he had to go check on. One, he had just bought land, and that's not bad. If you buy, and we're assuming it's farmland, he has to go make sure it's ready and make sure the crops are ready to go in. That's an important thing. Another one has to take care of his animals. He's got oxen that need to be fed. We should take care of our animals, okay? Proverbs teaches us that. A wise man regardeth the life of his beast. So that's a good thing. Another person had family responsibilities. He says, I've just married a wife. I've got to take care of her. We should take care of our spouses. But they were excuses that kept them from coming to the banquet that they were invited to by the master. And so all of these are important priorities. In fact, again, we're commanded by Scripture to pay attention to these things and take care of them. 
But when secondary responsibilities, and I call all these things secondary because that's what Jesus said, when these secondary responsibilities become our primary concerns, then by Christ's words, we're distracted from the most important thing. Our activity outweighs our relationship. And Jesus says, that's not right. That's out of balance. Let me ask you this question. How many days in the last month have you spent, found yourself, especially with Christmas and all the stuff going on, have you found yourself too busy to sit down and spend time with the Lord in his word and in prayer? You just skipped over that day because it just didn't fit in. You're Martha. We're all Marthas in that regard. Because there's other things that are more important. I don't have time for it today, God. You'll understand. You know what? No, he doesn't understand. Because we need him. It's not about the activity. It's about the relationship. That's what defines our Christian lives. But we get busy with work. We get busy with family. We get busy with things that are important, and they are in everyday life, and we skip the one needful thing. None of those things are more important than sitting at the feet of Jesus every day, being the disciple that God has called us to be. We can't serve him faithfully unless we learn from him and grow from him faithfully. See, serving is an extension of us becoming more like Christ. And if our relationship with Christ is not growing, we're not becoming more like him. We may be doing a lot of things, a lot of things that are good, but we're not becoming more like him because we're not spending time with him. How many days in the last month have you been frustrated, worried, overworked, stressed, and, or angry because you can't seem to fit everything in the time that you have? You know what that means? You've tried to fit more in your life than what God wants you to. Because if you fill your life with activity that you can't get done and skip spending time with the Lord as a believer, you have filled your life and missed the most important thing that Jesus says. So are we being distracted away from what is the one needful thing by everything that we might consider to be good? Your activity for God is not as important as your relationship with him. That's what Jesus is telling us here. So how much time do you spend working on your relationship? Are we like Mary? Are we intentionally making time to sit down with our Savior to seek God and his word, to listen, to learn? Are you eager to grow and learn in the knowledge of our Savior, drawing closer to him through the time that you spend with him? That takes discipline. I'll confess, I struggled with this, and there are times I still struggle with this. I think we all do. But as a a Christian just married, I was teaching at the time. I was extremely busy preparing lesson plans and grading papers and just trying to find time, five minutes, to spend time with the Lord. That was a challenge. But God had to teach me, and he's still teaching me, the importance of building that relationship, sitting at his feet. Be still and know that I am God. And so we need to intentionally make time for that. And it shows in our desires. Do we really desire to grow in our relationship with the Lord? Or are we just desiring his favor and doing a lot of stuff? 
It takes discipline. We have to consciously plan and make it happen. Otherwise, it won't. Mary could have very easily said, oh, you know what, I'll help you, Martha, and got up and started doing stuff. But her focus was where? It was on Jesus, not the activity. It was on him. See, activity is not what defines our Christian life. Our relationship is. Mary understood that. And so as you evaluate the activity of your life, what are the most important priorities to you? Do you make time for that one needful thing that Jesus said is the most important? Spending time with God is a habit that has to be developed out of a desire to be with him. We saw a great example of this during the COVID, during the outbreak of COVID. The churches were closed for six, seven, eight, nine, sometimes more weeks. But people stayed home, they watched online, and very quickly got used to being in church in their pajamas. It was convenient, it was easy, could eat breakfast while I sat in church, right? But then when churches opened up again, how easy was it for people to get back? It wasn't a habit anymore. And it took some people a long time, and there are still some people who used to go to church a lot, all the time. Now they're not going at all. And it's not so much that they're watching online. Now they're not even watching online because they got out of the habit. There's no discipline about being with the Lord. Now, I can't say their spiritual lives are not right, okay? They may spend time with the Lord, but the Bible commands us we're supposed to be together in the house in in communion with each other, in fellowship. Okay, Hebrews is very clear about that in in chapter 10. It says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. God has a purpose in that. Because even as we worship together, how many of you are serving right now? You're not, really. You're sitting at the feet of Jesus. And we do it together. But we see how easy it is to neglect that and to get out of the habit. And so it takes discipline to establish the habit of sitting at the feet of Jesus. And so seeking God and spending time with him begins with the desire. And that's why Jesus says those who are blessed are those who desire righteousness. Do you really want to grow in an understanding of who Jesus is, what he's done for us? Or do you just want to call your Christian life a bunch of activity and that's good enough? And Jesus told Martha, no, that's not enough. That's not that important. In Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2, there's a song that we sing in church every once in a while, as the deer, but it comes from Psalm 42. It says, as the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. Do we desire to be with the Lord that much? Think of a a deer walking through the woods on a hot day looking for a drink of cold water, panting, Have you ever seen a deer pant? I mean, I've seen a dog pant. I don't think I've ever seen a deer pant. And here, the psalmist used that picture of a deer panting for water. That should be our desire to sit at the feet of Jesus, to be with him. Martha had a desire to serve, but Mary had a desire to know the Lord. And there's a big difference there. But it starts with a desire, and the desire is not enough. Then you have to have discipline to make it happen, right? How many of you desire to go on a nice vacation overseas someplace and just relax for a couple weeks? Okay? 
I hope you hopefully have a desire to have a vacation. All right, I'd love to have a vacation like that someday. But it takes discipline to get there, right? If you never go to work and you sit at home wondering and hoping, and it's not going to ever happen. You work toward it. And it's the same is true with our relationship with the Lord. If you have a desire to know Him better, to become more like Him, it takes discipline. We plan that. Now, we don't do that ourselves, but we have to plan the time to spend with Him so that He can do the work in us through His teaching and through His Word and through His Spirit to bring us closer to Him. We can't just decide one day, well, I'm going to be closer to God and then walk closer. It doesn't happen that way. It happens over time as we make those disciplined choices to spend time with our Savior. So have you disciplined yourself to seek that which is better, the one thing that is really needed? And if we discipline ourselves out of that desire to be with him, then we'll find ourselves like Mary, free of anxiety and commended by God. He was actually chastising Martha for her service. Think about that. Because she was so worried and concerned about serving, she missed being with the Lord. We read Psalm 1 in our responsive reading. And Psalm 1 tells us the condition of the person who chooses to put God first, to sit at the feet of Jesus. Blessed or happy is the man. Right? It says... His delight is in the law of the Lord. He is happy because he delights in God above everything else. He's happy because he chooses God above everything else. He trusts in the Lord for everything in his life. He lives with God. He dwells by the stream like a tree planted by rivers of water. That's not a picture of activity. That's a picture of sitting at the feet of Jesus. It doesn't say in Psalm 1, happy is the man who's so busy serving that he has no time to get the one who he's serving. Are we disciplined enough in our spiritual lives to choose that one needful thing? It's interesting, if you go ahead and read in John 12, there's another occasion after Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead that we have a very... A similar scenario. Jesus is in the heart house of Mary and Martha. And let me read to you from John 12 about the scenario. It says, Then six days before the Passover came to Bethany, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead, was. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of ointment. Not a lot has changed. Martha, still serving. Mary, still sitting at the feet of Jesus, worshiping. What about you? Are you a Martha, so busy that you miss that fellowship with the Lord? That you miss that devotion, that time you can spend with him, just listening and learning? Or are you Mary, taking time to sit at the feet of Jesus? I know the responsibilities of life call, and they have to be taken care of. 
But we're not ever going to do those right unless we first take time to sit at Jesus' feet. To build that relationship first, because that's what's going to make us what we are. That's what's going to put us in the right mind to do the things we have to do. That's what's going to help us to grow and mature in our Christian life. Take time to sit at the feet of Jesus. Your activity is not what defines your Christian life. It's your relationship with the Lord. Make that the one needful thing. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you love us. And in your word, you give us examples of truth that you want us to understand. And Lord, it's easy for us in this busy life to neglect you, to neglect the attention that we need to pay to you, the learning that we need to receive from you and your word, the time we just need to spend being with you so we can build that relationship. And Lord, I know the activity and the the responsibilities are important, but as you've said, Lord, help us to be disciplined in making time for that one needful thing. We can only do it with your help. We can only do it as your Spirit teaches us and guides us in that direction. And Lord, I pray in that regard that you would build in each one of us a desire for you. Help us to be like that deer panting for water that our soul would pant for you in that way and then make those choices that are important to put us at your feet. Thank you that you're ready to receive us, that you want to teach us, that you want to help us in this way. And so, Lord, may your work be accomplished in us. May we learn this and be doers and not hearers so that you might be pleased with each one of us in our lives and we might grow in that relationship that you want. Thank you again, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.